The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. time to close the week out with a song back to join me as writer and co-host of the podcast horror in session reina cervantes hello thanks for having me again <laughs> hey welcome back again this week's music video comes to us from the industrial rock band stabbing westward shame is the second and final single from their 1996 album with their blister burn and peel which featured their breakout single what do i have to do it's uh lead singer christopher hall wrote the song uh, about his divorce. Uh, now, Reina, mm-hmm. do you know who Stabbing Westward is? I had, had not you- heard of them okay. at all until you had sent me this music video. I appreciate you coming because this you showed up on a very one for me music video <laughs> episode. I didn't pick something pop friendly. This might be the most obscure music video I picked for it. But when I was making this show, this was like one of the top music videos I wanted to talk about. But I'm like, I'm going to have to build up the show before I get to something obscure. So I appreciate you coming in. But it it is uh, directed by Paul Cunningham, who only uh, directed music video for Radiohead's High and Dry, uh, Freaks by Live, and some band called Boba Flex. That's a neat name. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So this this video is a Brandon choice, and it's a Kind of a sla- little mini slasher movie. So I figured it'd be an easy one to like throw in something in case they never knew of Stabbing Westward at all. What do you think of the song? Let's talk about the song first. Okay, okay. so you actually sent me this at like a good time because I've been kind of like on an industrial kick. Okay. <laughs> Lately, I fell down this rabbit hole of like I randomly heard Mushroom Head's latest single and I okay. was like, oh, this is kind of good. I was like... Or if I listen to all these old songs from them back in the day, and then it's like, mm-hmm. what if I hop to this other industrial band? So it's like, this was not like Whiplash or anything for me, like going into it. I actually really liked the song. I added it to a Spotify playlist. Oh, right on. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to have to revisit this one. But overall, like, I really liked it, especially as someone who like grew up playing in like metal bands. Mm-hmm. I like not the like super like fast and hard stuff, but like the hard hitting stuff like a hard-hitting ballad almost like it's yeah ballad qualities but it's like you're not like sad bastard just no it's like an, an aggressive ballad like there's like right. a lot of like toms on the drums being used mm. like, i like stuff like that so overall like i, I really like the song i ended up kind of listening to it twice in a row because i was just like oh okay <laughs> yeah definitely it like hit me like I first heard this song when I first saw the music video. Um, it was one that never got like daytime play on MTV. Mm-hmm. It was always on Alternative Nation, Headbangers Ball, or like 1 a.m. Like I think I caught Ooh. it up. Like I was like a late nighter and I was like, what is it? Like this is like yeah. an amazing video and I liked the song a lot. I knew their first song and I was like, okay, that's 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 fine or whatever. But this one, I bought the album when I was <laughs> back in the day. I was like, this is awesome. And 
then they came out with their sec- their neck their follow up album to this one called Darkest Days, and they have the song Save Yourself, which might be their most known song, which is similar to this one. Kind of has the same kind of beats to it, but that song's badass itself. That album was awesome. I was into this like electronica metal thing at the time, and I felt their music was really lent itself to like a like I was a mo- I've always been a movie person. Kind of had like a theatrical feeling, like you could imagine movies or trailers to this music, mm-hmm. and um, that with the music video, obviously. Uh, features a woman just kind of looks like she's moved into a new place celebrating and she gets a call from a payphone and it's her ex-boyfriend escaped from the mental asylum downstairs and he comes into her apartment room they have a slasher chase like he kills the cop the security guard and they get to the roof and she coaxes him to jump over and during this the band plays and they kind of have a comedic aside where they all leave to go watch this movie of what we're seeing happen as it plays but really cool um music did you like the music video yeah i think a lot of people tend to forget about the pipeline connection between horror and industrial and new metal music like i think a lot of people forget like like early to mid 90s like even into the late 90s these were the soundtracks to those horror movies right yeah yeah. So it, it makes sense that a band was like, let's just do our own right, for our and, own like song. And this one, I mean, like Nine Inch Nails was attached to Seven. Um, and Seven was a year before this. And you can, this came out in January and you could already see the effects of like David Fincher happening across the board. Because this very, has very much as like kind of a lighting style, tech, mm-hmm. a little bit grungier, very between like seven dark city ish look of it. And it has one note, but Clint Curtis plays the killer guy. He's been in blade deep rising and the, the Mexican, um, mm-hmm. the woman unknown. Like I still, I couldn't find who she is at all. That's like that Deftones album cover with the girl on it. And it's like, nobody <laughs> knows who she is now either. <laughs> right. Uh, but it's quite good. I mean, I, I just it's four minutes and you get like the full effect of slashers like you get the 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 scary call the build the elevator the chase the comfort the talking conversation and I think there's a because it has subtitles which is a weird thing that didn't get utilized a lot in music videos where you could you could tell a story just use the subtitles because mm-hmm. people can't talking would distract from the music but it mm-hmm. adds like an air of like prestige to it almost like this foreign mm-hmm. like epic film it's 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 a respectable attempt at like i think it kind of boils down to that's how well the slasher formula works is that you can apply it to like a four minute music video right and like kind of walk away satisfied from it yeah and this guy's scary he is like got a psycho look to him and it's it's almost similar to the actor i can't remember his name he was the killer in prom night remake but it almost, he almost kind of oh, looks God. similar to him. What's, I, what's... He's in a lot of stuff, and I can't... Asking me to remember anything about Prom Night 2008, and I'm just like, wait, what? I'm, trying, like, I'm still my... trying to delete it from my head. Uh, <laughs> I was not a fan of them. No, no, neither was I, and that's going to bug me all night, but that's fine. I, I I definitely miss when like bands would do stuff like this, because I grew up listening to like Slipknot and like mm-hmm. all these other like hard-hitting bands that would have... like these horror adjacent music videos and kind of, I think music videos nowadays are like almost like a lost art. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They've given up on it. There's no money in them. Yeah. Unless it's like a TikTok dance video. There's like 
I guess people don't feel like it's worth like the time or investment in like music videos, except that new little Nas X video. Oh, right, right. Yes. Was actually very surprised by that one. I was (laughs) like, oh, okay, this is a good music video. We've got it for the first time in a long time. Right. It used to be a part of the the rotation. You're like, well, what's the music video? What's the... And then... Yeah, maybe those didn't result in the album sales that they wanted them to, and they just sort of dwindled. Or YouTube wasn't just an avenue they wanted to drop them on. Or yeah, I think it was the whole headbangers ball, whatnot. Like Mm -hmm. you would show these because, like you know, it was back in the day. We couldn't just bring up music videos on our phone. We had to bring it up on dial up, and then it would take forever. And then it's like. I think it missed the window of transitioning and having still ad revenue for it. Mm And it, I think it just kind of, the, they didn't cross over where YouTube became a revenue stream and MTV was leaking into that. I think it, that this band, it sounds like kind of went the way of like Spine Shank, where uh, it's just like flash in the pan, gone. <laughs> yeah, they were gone. I mean, their, their popularity was one song that got attached to some trailers and mm-hmm. video game stuff. And they were, they broke up, I believe, in 2001 or 2002. Uh, they, they've reunited since and I guess still play shows. But they just never could break out. They opened for Depeche Mode a lot, um, and that's interesting. Yeah, I never got to see them in concert. They never came near me, uh, mm-hmm. but I always wanted to. I like I jammed hard. Like these guys would get cranked in my car. Like I, I, I love this. So I busted out the old CDs when I picked this. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna find my old CDs of them to to play. And I'm like, this back in the the nineties. People would know their songs probably, but maybe not put the name with them. But now it's just like, like like you said, it's obscure band. Because I sent it to you, I'm like, well, it's a good music video, but I'm wondering if she's gonna know like the song. But yeah, um, unfortunately, I didn't. And and like I said, kind of the, went the way of Spine Shank. Like Spine Shank yeah. had the song at the beginning of Freddie vs. Jason, and like, right, that's it. <laughs> That could have been the Goo Goo Dolls. They were the had a song on Freddy's Dead, and the like name was like a couple years later. So yeah, yeah, that could have been that. Oh shit, I forgot about that. Nothing gets you ready for Elm Street like a the Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah, like a Goo Goo Dolls, the band that did Iris. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, that's always a funny thing for me. But yeah, like this band, I mean. They really lent themselves just to it. And I think instrumentally, like it, it, in the videos edited so well, it feels like it was made for this before it was just a song. Like it mm-hmm. really fits well. And uh, I do like, it does have comedy in it where the not just the band leaving, but when they, when they, I actually genuinely got a chuckle out of when they're like, should we tell him about what we're watching? And they look over and he's just jamming out on his guitar and they're like, nah, it's like, that was actually pretty funny. I was yeah. That. It's it's overall it's a it's a very good music video. I'm I I miss when music videos were kind of like this back in the day. Yeah, I remember Bush. They did uh, they had a song called Greedy Fly, and they did a really kind of grungy video like this that had some weird shit in it too. But it had the look and feel like this. And my my God, I had I had just seen Bush before the pandemic too. Oh really? Like, or G- like Gavin and the guys he calls Bush now? Yeah. Gavin and the guys he calls Bush, but I, I just saw them like mid nineteen, so obviously they're technically still around. <laughs> yes, Definitely. but uh, wow, yeah, man, I kind of miss this era of music. Yeah, with, I mean, like industrial new metal was a thing, right? <laughs> yeah, it was like we're gonna take that techno thing they say is gonna be big, but we're gonna add it to metal. Yeah, 
pretty much. And these Love guys it. did it really good. Uh, they were one of the better ones. There was another, even more obscure. I saw uh, back in '98. I saw Corn and Rob Zombie. That Family Values tour. Family. Uh, no, or was it? No, family, uh, It was Rock is Dead or something. I, oh, I, it was like '98 or. Family I would have been. I would have been impressed with myself if I pulled out Family Values right see, off the top of my head. I did see the Family Values tour. <laughs> Um, the next year with, uh, like crystal method filter, uh, limp biscuit, but corn played a secret show there. They weren't scheduled and they surprised and dropped some new album stuff. It was when see, issues this was, was coming out. This was all before like my era of like go. going to see concerts. So I hear like stories of this, of these like legendary, like late nineties tours. Gotcha. Yeah. So like 98, they had this band called video drone. I believe mm-hmm. that was their name, uh, open for them. And they were, they never busted out to anything, but they, I bought their album. It was pretty cool. Really electronic, heavy sound, but it was, we all died laughing. We saw them play live and they had like three guys doing like electronic stuff while they had the band play metal. And at the end, he goes, fuck technology, and just threw the mic down and walked out. We're like, dude, that's how your band makes your sounds. Like, your band is technology Your band based. Is all technology. You're not just plugged into amps. You got beeps and samples and all like I, even then the electric guitar and the electric bass right, is right. technology. Right. It's like Leo Fender experimenting with like soldering like amplification. So should I not buy your album in the lobby? Like, like yeah, see that's with- I use technology to play that CD. Right. Like, <laughs> like, what? What, do, what do I do? Yeah, it was hilarious. Uh-oh. It's confusing. <laughs> but that band was not Stabby Westward. Um, Stabby Westward, go, people who haven't heard, check them out. Uh, they're just, even if you're not into metal, I think you could find a couple songs of theirs that might you might go, okay, that's that's really cool. Because, yeah, they have a very theatrical sound to them that I'm drawn to. Um, and, and, yeah, so... All right, that'll do it for this week. Raina, thanks for reminiscing on my memories of a band and introducing you to some... Listen, (laughs) this was worth it because this is the most I've ever talked about Spine Shank in the last, like, 15 years. There we go. (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. All right, but it's I have had the funnest time talking with you about home video, all the stuff this week. Um, Before we head into the weekend, let people know where they can keep up with your work. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JFC Doomblade. You can also find my work being published pretty regularly at bloodydisgusting.com and screenqueens.com. And I do run a horror podcast at Horror in Session. We're available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. All right, now I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KUHD, written work at whysoblue.com. Now the Brandon Peter Show returns all new next week. But until then, always remember to keep the positivity in your online film chatter. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. 
For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.